liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe It's the day. It's here. I'm so fucking pumped right now. We got Sticks in the building. We got Dave Smith in the building arguing out Trump's legacy. So I don't want to waste any time. Only got these guys for an hour. So let's start with thanking our sponsors before we get started. Solar Power Lifestyles is a veteran-owned, family-oriented solar power harnessing company. They believe in the power of a family-first customer service experience and, of course, the power of the sun. Their mission statement is simple, to help others in their pursuit of happiness. That's it, plain and simple. Whether it be driving across the country, living the van life, camping in the mountains, or living off the grid, helping people live their best life is how they live theirs. They are offering free shipping on all their products, and they have a 30-day price match guarantee. When you spend $100, they also donate $10 to charity of your choice on your behalf. Chad is the owner, and he is a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. He's a hardcore libertarian who wants the government to leave him alone. I like it. Uh, we have some links down below. If you are interested in going solar, this is your way to do so. Go to ch uh, solarpowerlifestyle.com. Again, that's solarpowerlifestyle.com. On there, they'll have a quiz on any ways that solar might be right for your lifestyle. Again, solarpowerlifestyle.com. And if you're the type that likes political debates, God, am I that type. <laughs> and you want to get involved in politics, uh, make sure that you consider what, in my opinion, is the best organization for getting liberty-minded candidates elected. So today I want to tell you about an opportunity to jump headfirst in the liberty movement and make a real impact. Young Americans for Liberty is currently recruiting campaign staff to help elect pro-liberty candidates across the country. These hardcore candidates are dedicated to fighting for gun rights, keeping our troops home, school choice, criminal justice reform, ending the senseless spending, and many other hardcore liberty policies. Their work speaks for itself. These are the guys that passed constitutional carry in Indiana, Texas, and Alabama, fought the lockdowns every step of the way, and have done a whole lot more. If you want to be a part of the fight and actually make an impact in our insane political climate in 2022, you can join one of these campaigns from now through November 8th, just a month from now, or excuse me, two months from now, so make sure you get on it. Gas is covered, housing is fully provided, and you will also be compensated with $2,800 a month for your work on the campaign trail, plus a $500 campaign completion bonus and travel stipends. For those who start before August 30th, oops, already missed that one. Sorry. Go to yaliberty.org forward slash lockdown to make real change in the country today. Again, that's yaliberty.org forward slash lockdown. Let's make Liberty win. Both those can be found in the description for this episode. Ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, in this corner, the host of Part of the Problem, one of the greatest living Americans, if not the greatest, Ron Paul's still with us, so I can't give him that title, Mr. Dave Smith. Welcome Hello, sir. Thanks for and having his, me. And his challenger, the Dave Grohl of political analysis, <laughs> <laughs> a brilliant man. I love this guy. Sticks, welcome in, sir. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Okay. God. There's a lot of people watching right now. Holy shit. You guys are uh, a real draw. My goodness. All right. So let's get into it. Um, this is on Trump's legacy. We all, I, I think that your bona fides and neither of you suffering TDS of either ilk, neither of you think he's the savior, savior neither of you think he's uh, the devil. Let's go with opening statements. Uh, let's go with sticks. I gave, I gave Dave the best introduction. So let's give sticks the, <laughs> the opening. Yes, I would say uh, Trump's legacy ultimately is one that is a mixed bag, as we've seen with literally every U.S. president. Uh, there were plenty of things that he did or didn't do in some cases, <clears throat> big tech censorship, uh, that I disagreed with him on. Overall, though, the preponderance of the Trump presidency, certainly compared to what we had before, certainly compared to what we have now, is inarguably better. That's number one. And secondly, we have quite a few accomplishments from the pr uh, Trump presidency, that I admire, uh, that I support. And I think that we haven't seen a president that was that coherent in his policies in general, both foreign and domestic, since the first term of Ronald Reagan. Uh, that is that I have never labeled him a perfect president, not the God Emperor, 
not going to crush all the globalists effortlessly with his flaming fists or anything like that, but did a good job. It was acceptable enough that I definitely would support him if he ran in 2024, and I suspect that he will attempt to do so. And I can't really see many other people that can hold a candle to him. I, while I would like Ron, uh, Rand Paul, um, him being perhaps the, the one that I would like the most, I think he sits it out if Trump does get in. I'm perfectly comfortable with Trump 2024. I would definitely be behind it. Thank you, Sticks. Dave? Um, yeah, well, okay, so I would uh, I would say, I look, if, you're, if your standard for uh, talking about Trump's legacy is it wasn't as bad as Dick Cheney being president for four years, or it wasn't as bad as Barack Obama being president for four years, I suppose there, there's a point there. I would just argue that perhaps our standards should be a little bit higher than the people who ruined the 21st century and destroyed the most powerful nation in the history of the world. And and so I'm not making the perfect the enemy of the good here. Obviously, Trump is neither the savior or the, you know, whatever the left wingers project onto him, literally Hitler, you know, he's none of that. But he is he is Donald Trump. Um, he's just what we always knew and what we always saw. He's just kind of a, a brilliant a uh, marketer, self-promoter, uh, basically an ignoramus who's never really studied anything carefully um, and goes on his gut. And the legacy of Donald Trump, I mean, I suppose I could kind of uh, Lysander Spooner this, may he be one thing or another, he either helped to get us to the point that we're at today or he was useless in preventing us from getting here. Either way, he's unfit to be supported in 2024 if uh, he were to run again, which he quite possibly will. Donald Trump's uh, I, and I let, let me just start by disclaiming this, because even as, as Clint said, you have to almost establish that you don't have this insane Trump derangement syndrome that so many people suffer from. Donald Trump's movement in many ways represented a repudiation of the neoliberal, neoconservative establishment. And that establishment deserved to be repudiated. I think all three of us probably agree on that. I will always be grateful to Donald Trump for not just defeating, but ritualistically humiliating the Clinton and Bush families um, and, and ending those criminal families' reign in power. That's one of the greatest things I've ever seen happen. So congratulations to Trump for that. Um, I also think it, it has to be acknowledged that Donald Trump was absolutely sabotaged by his own intelligence uh, agencies, uh, every single power apparatus, his own political party, the Democrats, the corporate media, the CIA, the FBI, they all blatantly framed him for, for being a traitor to the country. It was a, nothing short of an attempted coup, uh, which is it was even admitted by... Uh, by Andrew McCabe on, on 60 Minutes, the number three, I believe, at the time in the Justice Department said they were thinking of invoking the 25th Amendment and all this stuff. But that being said, Donald Trump's entire legacy is just being rolled by the deep state. He didn't drain the swamp. The swamp drained him. And in at every single turn, I mean, there's I don't I probably I, I don't want to take too much time in this this opening here. But if we if you go through the his foreign policy, look, for me personally, and I know everyone listening who knows me probably knows this already, the, the guy presided over a war of genocide in Yemen for four years and not only presided over it and continued it, the, the support for the Saudis the entire time, he overthrew the will of Congress when for the first time ever, Congress invoked the War Powers Act and asked him to stop and he vetoed it. I, so to me already, that's a debate win for me. I'm not supporting a guy who presided over a genocide, but I could keep going with a lot of other stuff. Yes, it's true that he kept us, he didn't start any new war, he didn't end any war, but he didn't start any new war, although, man, he really flirted with it when he took out the top military official in Iran for absolutely no reason, for what, being allied with the Shiite militias that we handed the country to uh, during the George W. Bush uh, years. Um, that that would have been a war worse than any war we've been in in the last 20 years. And only because of the Iranian restraint did we not end up getting in, in a war in, in that example. The situation right now in Ukraine uh, was made much, much worse by Donald Trump. Thanks to him, we're out of the <laughs> INF. Th well, he's the one who sent in the weapons that even Obama wouldn't after he got his government installed there. He's the one who pulled us out of the INF treaty. Um, he's the, the situation is much more dangerous right now because of what Donald Trump did than it would have been without that. Um, 
in addition to that, of course, the entire COVID regime, keeping Fauci uh, on his task force the entire time, uh, you know, uh, the Operation Warp Speed, um, being for the lockdowns at first before he finally realized that the Democrats were trying to tank the economy um, and then kind of softly came out against them. Uh, and of course, in terms of spending, the, he's the biggest government president ever. And every single time he made excuses. So my thing basically, and we could get into any of these topics that I'm, I'm sure Sticks disagrees with me. There are uh, an awful, there are an awful lot yes, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there sure are. Um, but, uh, there's, but either way, I don't think it helps us to make excuses for Donald Trump. So much of this blame falls on other people, but a whole lot of it falls on him too. And all that from our perspective, I think all we got from Donald Trump was a more radicalized, more insane left-wing response, and eventually Joe Biden as president. That doesn't seem like a success to me. So, so in other words, you're blaming uh, uh, Donald Trump's policies for causing the left to become more crazy. They were already doing that for uh, no, quite a number of decades. I'll just point that out right on its head. Uh, you misrepresented me. I'm not trying to compare Donald Trump to Cheney or to people like that and say, well, he's better than these pieces of shit. I'm saying he did ultimately a fairly good job and was at least as good as first term Reagan and some of the other like the mid-atomic era decent presidents. It's not a great presidency, but it's definitely a good one. And in addition, you have to make the comparison with the other people that have held office recently. He shines in comparison to them, making him effectively a god emperor compared to them for the purposes of his fans. I would say you're completely long with, uh, wrong with regards to the lockdowns. Donald Trump instituted no lockdown. His initial short-term lockdownerism uh, was very, very quickly countermanded. I've got an article open actually from the beginning of uh, August 2020, I thought I might refer to in uh, uh, actually accordance with that, where he said, no, there will not be a national lockdown. And keep in mind the background of him making that statement. He was facing pressure even from within his own party to institute what would have been a blatantly unconstitutional national lockdown. He resisted, which was appropriate. At the time, he was called a conspiracy theorist for talking about therapeutics that we're not even allowed to mention probably on this live stream, to be honest. Um, and, and as far as uh, your claim that he made the Russia-Ukraine situation here happen or, or made it worse uh, as a foreground or something like that is completely and totally wrong. I think that the Russians uh, did not dare to invade Ukraine at all, nor would we have a Kosovo license plate crisis and many other things had Donald Trump actually still been in office as opposed to Beijing Biden, simply because he's perceived of as weak. Of course, that's just a public perception. Uh, it's much like the reason for the initial lockdown. The perception of the public was they were panicking and demanded that something be done. Uh, Donald Trump effectively as the slave of the people, hyperbolic label, of course, you, you know that, I know that, had no other choice but to declare a state of emergency uh, in response because otherwise he would have been immediately removed from office. He would have had Nancy Pelosi filling in for the presidency. They would have gotten rid of Pence, too. I think that that would have been far less pragmatic and far worse even than Joe Biden. Um, I mean, look, I don't think it's fair to say he had no choice other than to declare the, the state of emergency. Now, I'm not well, downplaying. No, I, mean, I know he could he could absolutely have just resigned then and there. That would be the only other option. It's, on what, on what it, grounds would he have been removed? If he had not reacted to coronavirus the way that people were pressuring him to react, including a vast supermajority of the population, but we're in the minority because I'm assuming that all of us realized at the time, hey, this is a knee-jerk reaction. It's going to be used by big government, but we're all fucking libertarians, so we understand it, but we're a minority of the population. The liberals and the conservatives, for the most part, would have gone absolutely ape had he not done anything. If he had come out on TV... In, let's say, May or June there, 2020, he says, look, the virus is basically the flu. Don't worry about it too much. I'm sorry your grandma died. Bye bye. He would have been removed from office for dereliction of duty. It I mean, it's, it's possible. It would have been. It's, it's absolutely certain. I guarantee. It, look, look at what's happening with the Mar-a-Lago raid, Russiagate and everything else under the sun. Do you not think they would have used that? I mean, I'm not saying they would have ignored that ammo. I, I'm not Jesus. saying they 
nobody's claiming that they would have ignored it, but for you to just claim with certainty he would have been removed. I, claim I, I it mean, with certainty. Oh, okay, fine, I claim it but with that's. Certainty. But there's no way that any of us know exactly how this would have gone down. And it, again, this is just an excuse making for him. Yes, it would have taken a tremendous amount of courage for him to do the right thing in the moment when it really mattered. But he didn't. He did the wrong thing, and that led to this whole disaster. And you can say no, yes. The states, by, the states instituted the lockdowns. Trump never instituted one. No, no one's arguing that he instituted a lockdown, and it's great that six months into the lockdowns, you have an article. Of him saying like, oh yeah, these lockdowns aren't too good. As he started to realize he was getting close to election time, um, and that this would actually end up hurting him. That the, he was the... being pressured to subsume states that didn't take the full steps that were required, yes. that were expected by the CDC and other groups in the lockdowns. He was being pressured to go against sure. uh, state supremacy, uh, violating the Tenth Amendment. Yes, and, he I, didn't. and and okay, so good for him for not doing that. That's I, I mean, I have no problem giving him credit for that. But that's not nearly enough. That didn't do anything to stop the country completely devolving into his final year in his presidency. The guy who promised us we'd be tired of winning gave us the worst year in modern American history by far. Nothing even comparable to it. How now, did, against how did the, he give it? How did he give it to you? It well, the, again, it was the states that instituted the lockdowns, and some of them didn't do so. And the economies there were going fairly well. If anything, you blame the blue state governors. Oh, and I certainly do blame the blue state governors. I mean, it's not a question of this isn't like a 100% either or. Yeah, absolutely. I would put more direct blame on people like Cuomo or Gavin Newsom or any of the there Republican go. governors who shut down. I'm, yes, glad, but I'm glad that you can admit to it. Of course. But the, well, these people should be locked in. They should be prosecuted and locked up for the rest of their lives. They appointed themselves mini dictators. I mean, like I've uh, there's no question about that. But then you had Donald Trump sitting in the White House who basically what he gave us was, OK, I'll declare the state of emergency and give all of these states kind of like political cover to start doing all these unprecedented things. I'll put Fauci on television every single day and stand behind him and kind of nod along. And this is this is basically what he his response was now you could say things would have been really bad for him had he stood up and done the right thing okay yeah quite possibly and quite no, possibly if, if he tried to actually drain the military industrial complex he would have been assassinated or something like that i don't know but the but point that's is not still what i'm claiming i'm not claiming it would have been bad for trump it would have been trump out of office what i'm claiming is it would have been horrendous for the nation because the democrats would have pelosi in the white house they would have gone on into the election. You wouldn't need a honking at that point. You'd have a supermajority of Democrats right now. They'd be rigging the Supreme Court at the moment. Uh, ultimately, we would have taken a step into absolute anarchy if uh, Donald Trump hadn't done what he did. I, I mean, I, I suppose it's possible. I don't think that it's a it's a complete given that Nancy Pelosi is president if he doesn't uh, invoke that executive well, order. I remove, think that's a bit... Why wouldn't they remove Pence? They've, they they've... have the chance. They've been trying. They were trying to remove Donald Trump for his entire and who presidency. who cares if Pence is president? Uh, you've got worse things even than that. Well, I, I'd agree with that. Pence being president would be uh, would be pretty damn bad. Well, let, let's uh, let's dig a little deeper into the COVID uh, response, because I think that my, from my vantage point, I, I'm not going to pretend to be a completely impartial moderator here. We all know that I have very strong positions. Um, the fact that he put up both Deborah Burks as well as Anthony Fauci on stage with him throughout the summer of 2020, lending credence to their words, lending credence to their CDC dictates uh, that uh, enabled the state governors to do what they did. Uh, Sticks, I'd like to hear your opinion as to, you know, the fact that Trump has not basically come off that stance. He hasn't, he, he continues to tour the country bragging about Operation Warp Speed. Um, how, how do you square that circle? Well, I mean, I obviously I oppose Fauci and I can't elaborate on that much further because again, yes. we, we are on YouTube. So I'll be kind to your stream. <laughs> I, Thank I won't you. get you Fauci. Uh, no fascism allowed zone. Um, th that being said, though, I never had a Trump uh, problem with Trump fast tracking a vaccine and simply saying, hey, you can get this. I don't care. It's entirely voluntary. The only problem I had was with vax mandates and things like that. And again, that wasn't Donald Trump's doing. That was state governors. That was, in some cases, mayors, corporations at certain times, and others subjugate to Trump within the federal government encouraging these things, uh, often toothlessly. Uh, you see uh, with the uh, attempted mandated vaccines uh, that were only upheld uh, under OSHA for uh, federal worker, I mean, uh, health workers uh, fairly recently. That, of course, that's Biden admin era, not Trump admin. Um, Donald Trump never told anyone, I think you should be punished if you don't get the vaccine. 
My Big Lee vaccine is so big and so beautiful and so powerful, it can defeat any disease. Now, he was using ivermectin at the time. When he got, when he got sick and he had been vaccinated, uh, he treated him, he was called a conspiracy theorist for using things that, quote unquote, possibly kind of sort of, according to some studies, may have an impact on COVID deaths. Um, I, I think that took balls. He was raked on over the coals for weeks as a result of that. Yeah, telling people, telling people, telling people that he believed as president there were therapeutics uh, that were effective at treating the virus probably dissuaded many people from even bothering to get vaccinated. That doesn't really fit in with Trump, the vaccine salesman, which is a line that I hear constantly from what? people with Trump derangement syndrome, by the way. Well, I mean, look, let's like, you know, you just have to kind of be fair about these things and you can almost run the counterfactual in your mind. So like, yeah, it's it's true that like Donald Trump did right, like he did kind of promote some of the better uh, treatments to COVID. But if we're going to give him credit for that. Um, you know, encouraging other people to maybe not get the vaccine. And wouldn't we also have to say that the fact that he brags so much about the vaccine might have an influence on some of his rabid supporters to be to to be encouraged to take it? Also, oh, yeah, look, I know. Well, I, 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 I'll give ground on this one. Absolutely. You encourage people to take the vaccine. But why do I, why do I care? He never tried to force them. No, he well, simply I'm, said, look, there's a the Pfizer has made a vaccine. You should get it. Well, well I, okay. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> uh, OK, fine. Fair enough on that. Uh, uh, again, with the counterfactual. Uh, just imagine instead of putting Fauci up on television every single day and letting him be the voice of authority to the nation, what if he had just pointed out that Fauci is really completely uh, conflicted, you know, like uh, as a complete like uh, uh, incentive problem here. There's a conflict of interest. I'm going to highlight some of these other epidemiologists and virologists who were blowing the whistle on this thing the whole time. If he had just like known enough and just had enough like conviction and courage, he could have had a huge impact on what the national conversation on this was rather than allowing everyone to just go down the medical industrial complex's standard talking points. And, you know, it's true. He didn't mandate the vaccine himself, that OSHA thing, that Biden, you know, and it was his Supreme Court that struck it, the, the, 95 percent of it down so i could give trump some credit yeah, for that you gotta give him credit so, for the scotus decisions well, we've seen lately well no i i agree i agree with all of that right so i'm willing to give him credit for that but i'll tell you the the mandated vaccine the mandated vaccines was only 50 percent of what the real problem with the vaccine regime was. And the other 50% was that these big pharma companies, the FDA and all of the employers were completely shielded from liability. If they didn't have that, there's no way that the, the regime of uh, the vaccine regime would have been able to do what it did. You know, if like companies could be on the hook for forcing their, their uh, employees to get this uh, vaccine, if, if there are problems, the FDA could be sued. And that was done by Donald Trump. He's the one who gave them all blanket immunity in Operation Warp Speed. So he did, yeah. again, he was he was um, unable uh, to prevent this regime from rising up. I certainly agree that Biden and a lot of the rest of them have a lot of blame for it, but he's not without his fair share. Well, I mean, if you're preaching to the choir, if you want to uh, rant against the pharmaceutical companies, I think we could probably spend two hours just chuckling about them and we would never actually disagree. But let me uh, remind you of a situation in which Trump was deliberately misled with regards to intel, specifically with regards to Syria. Mm -hmm. For several years, the Syrian envoy under uh, overreported, uh, uh, sorry, underreported troop totals to Donald Trump, lying flat out to him. This is the Syrian envoy that's been hired by the administration, telling him, "Yeah, we followed your guidelines and drawn down the number of troops in Syria to de-escalate the situation," and it turned out it was far higher. If a Syrian envoy can make the unilateral decision from their middle management-esque bureaucratic level to mislead the commander-in-chief of the United States and has faced no repercussions that I know of be, uh, beyond that as well, simply being uh, questioned briefly, and that's all that's happened. I don't even hear Republicans talking about it. Why would I think that Donald Trump couldn't be misled on medical knowledge? He's not a doctor. I mean, the only thing that Trump could have done is say, hey, Rand Paul, you're a physician, right? You get to the bottom of this. I want you reporting to me directly. That's a, and he should have. That Why couldn't he do that? Yeah, Absolutely. So. It would have been a great idea. But Donald Trump is a businessman. He's not a physician. You're expecting, like a lot of people, the impossible of the chief executive. 
he was probably being misled the entire time by the medical establishment well, there. So there's so much really interesting like that you just said there. And as, as I kind of suspected coming into this, I think we, we have a lot of areas of agreement with this stuff. Yeah. It's just that I'm refusing to like give Donald Trump this excuse that he, well, he's look, he's not a doctor. I mean, how could I expect him to know as much as me, a shit talking comedian <laughs> podcaster knew at the time? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's the job, dude. Get Rand Paul, get someone who's not in bed with this crony establishment to get to the bottom of it he could have like this so easily could have happened and look to the Syria point that you made you're absolutely right and what's so shocking about it is that they were writing articles about this like haha look we misled the commander-in-chief about the number of troops when he wanted to pull them out but you know what Donald Trump came in running on so correctly that we're gonna get out of Syria we have no business there we have no interest in regime change and to his enormous credit in 2017 he ended the CIA program of arming the anti-Assad rebels but you know what happened when he said he wanted to pull out of Syria he got rolled by the fuck by the deep state he got rolled by them he fell for all the bullshit on the on the, the gas attacks then he ended up bombing syria then he, when he announced when he finally put his foot down and said we're leaving mattis his defense secretary resigned over it because donald trump had never even made sure that he picked a defense secretary who would be willing to execute his plans he's trump so he just thought mattis looked good in a jacket and had a badass nickname so he'd be no, his defense secretary I, I, then I can and then the okay well but, and then just the final line and then after mattis resigned Trump backed down and didn't pull out of Syria. So, like, um, the, the idea that he, you, look, even in, in his lame duck session, when he finally brought the best person in, he brought in uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor, and Douglas McGregor wrote up the order to remove all of the troops from Afghanistan and Syria and other parts of, of Africa, and Trump signed it. And then the next day, he removed it. He revoked it. There was, he always, it was like the last guy in the room with him, just kind of at, to your point. He wasn't an expert in any of this. Not only not an expert, he hadn't ever read a book on any of these things. And so the last guy in the room with him was always able to persuade him that, no, 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 actually we need to stay there. No, 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 actually this is for the right reason. And he always backed down. I think so that's in other important. words, he's a business. So in other words, he's a politician and a businessman. He should have been perfect on all of these things. Why no, didn't he do more? I'm not saying and he should have been dude, perfect. No, that's a straw so man. No, that's a straw by the way, man. You're, man. By, the way, saying... by the way, you're kind of propping up my point. Okay, he was being misled by people. And uh, that was sort of the point that I was making with regards to what I we agree. were talking about, which was uh, the vaccination and lockdownerism and so forth. Yeah, I agree. I'm not that, that I agree with your so point. It's not yes, Trump's he, fault. No, it's still his fault to some degree if he's if he's letting himself be misled. That's the but, job. But hey, you the only but you only have so many things you can do in a day, so many things you can focus on and so many skills and skill stacks that you can possibly have. Do you think you would have done better in the situation? I hazard a guess. Probably not. Maybe you do better on lockdowns. You say, no, we're not going to do that. Fuck you. And if you don't end up getting forced to resign the next day, uh, maybe you screw up in some other measure. Maybe uh, the economy tanks. Maybe crime rises. Maybe there's some major diplomatic crisis overseas and you throw up your hands and say, yeah, fuck it. And then all of a sudden a major ally gets nuked or something. It happened to me. It would happen to anyone. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could. With the exception of the nuke, the rest of that all did happen under Donald Trump. I'm just I, I just don't understand <laughs> why we're so committed to, to making excuses for this guy. I'm not saying he wasn't perfect. I'm saying he was awful. He was awful on all of these things. I would like better than that. I, there's there's just no excuse for it. Yes. OK, he did like he was being lied to by everybody. But anyone with any amount of sense would have known that, of course, the people in the military industrial complex are going to be lying to you about why we need to continue this gravy train going. Of course, the people who represent the big pharmaceutical companies are going to be lying to you about how we need this product from the big pharmaceutical companies. It was his job to bring in outsiders, and he didn't. This, this is the biggest problem of why he didn't drain the swamp. He appointed people like Bolton and Pompeo and Barr and Ray at the FBI, all these uh, Bolton, guys. Bolton was meant to intimidate uh, other countries, in my D opinion. Bolton was caving to Sheldon Adelson. That's what. <laughs> that's why Bolton was the the national. Uh, um, excuse me. What was his title? The the. Uh, what what's the title again? Like I'm blanking. Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why he he got in there, and it, the idea that he he was meant to intimidate other nations, like okay, well, he ended up tanking Trump's uh, peace negotiations with North Korea, which was actually I give Trump a lot of credit for the attempt. Um, he, he and then he ended up re resigning and uh, and and trashing the president anyway.
Let, let me just yeah, say he had, he had bad dreams about all the peace breaking out. I think that was the problem. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Well, let me let me just say real quick. Uh, you know, I I think that that's the primary position of the president as the executive is to make sure that he has confidants around him. That, as Stick said, you do not have an expertise in every arena. No one's expecting him to, but he should be held responsible for not having people around him that could vet this information that he's receiving. And if he's putting these people as his confidants, why should he not be held to account for that? Well, uh, again, Donald Trump can only do so much good. I don't think that you're going to hear about all of the people that continued to work with the administration that didn't tank anything. Okay. Well, the, let's, vast, uh, the vast plurality of staffers also, I seem to recall, if I remember correctly, the legacy media chuffing up uh, on multiple occasions about Donald Trump has too, his family is too close to him. He relies upon these people too much. Oh my God, Eric Trump is giving him advice on some business deal with a, another country. I seem to recall them complaining about that consistently for a very long period of time. Well, yeah. obviously, if you go in there trying to break all the toys, um, yeah, there's going to be an attempt to sabotage what you're doing, and that in some cases happened. The other thing we can focus on are the things that went well under the Trump presidency, where so we've mainly had a conversation so far about things in which, in some cases, we generally agree uh, were mishandled, lockdowns, etc. I was opposed to it. You were both opposed to it. Sensible people were. Um, we seem to have had quite a bit of economic success until the China virus broke out. We didn't enter any new wars, which I know is a mild uh, sort of victory. And, and you pointed out yourself, Dave, um, it would have been better to immediately draw down more of our foreign adventurism. We got a peace deal with Afghanistan that was then subsequently completely mishandled by the Biden administration. Unfortunately, I refuse to give Trump any pap for that because his original deal had it been uh, adhered to. You would not see the situation we have in Afghanistan today. Uh, we're still doing drone strikes there, by the way, and probably will for 100 years till we have something better than drones, I suppose. Um, I recall the uh, wall being held up by members of Congress. I recall Trump trying to allocate that money through Pentagon emergency funding and it getting stymied. Also, the ACA mandate went away and we got tax reform that was definitely uh, light years beyond the tax system that we had before. So, again, I can name quite a number of accomplishments and I can go on for longer than the hour we have to chat about what Trump did well. If you fixate only on the things that he fumbled on, uh, appointing Bolton, appointing Fauci, encouraging lockdown or whatever, you're going to come to the conclusion that Donald Trump's presidency wasn't particularly great. You'll have to compare it to Biden or Obama or Bush or something in order to say that, well, at least it was better than that. It was a two out of 10. If you focus on what he did well, though, you'll find them great. And if you do what I do, which is a more nuanced approach and say, okay, there were things he failed on. There were things that he was incomplete on. Overall, though, I give him a six out of 10 presidency. I compare him positively to anything since first term Reagan and arguably at least somewhat better than that. And I say it was a good presidency. And again, I would definitely vote for him in 2024 because at least I know where he's coming from. If he screws up a few times in his second term that I specifically predict that he is likely to have, so be it. When I look at the entire establishment, all the people that I know are sleazebags, all the fucking bankers and corporatists and the deep staters, all gunning for him at the same time over and over for half a decade, I can only be led to two conclusions. Number one, all of these people really all of a sudden... They woke up, they realized democracy was in danger, the same democracy they've been denigrating and fleecing for decades, and they decided to fight against evil Orange Hitler. Or he's not evil Orange Hitler, he genuinely has at least made an attempt to crack their system apart and get rid of globalism to one degree or another, and they're all still terrible. They're still terrible, corrupt people. Well, I want their enemy in, in office, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that's a, a bit of a false binary. I mean, the other option that's right in front of us is that, yeah, he just wasn't one of them. And he said things that pissed them all off. And you're not and he was uncontrollable. And Donald Trump is unable to even himself control what comes out of his mouth. And they were kind of terrified of what he might say next. And that he really pissed off a lot of powerful people. Good. Yeah, but, Trump yo, I, I agree. Absolutely. I'm not. But listen to your idea of like, we have to like take a nuanced like a, approach at this. I don't disagree with that. And I'm happy to 
give Trump credit in the few areas where I think he did something good. Um, I just disagree with what areas you think he did something good and what uh, uh, what he's not responsible for. So in in terms of the uh, the economy uh, being white hot, I mean. Yes, up until 2020, uh, Donald Trump had the highest government spending in the history of the world of any government, and he had incredibly low interest rates from the Federal Reserve, which he then, of course, was uh, uh, criticizing them for not having 0% interest rates like Obama did. So what you see is, yes, you see some good economic numbers. Uh, the vast majority of the wealth created is being created uh, uh, for political cronies who are feeding off of the, the record high government spending and for people making millions of dollars in Wall Street speculating off of the low interest interest rates. Uh, basically, he was in the process of building up another bubble. Um, there, there was some positives, as there always are in the expansion, uh, in, in the boom period before the bust, but I'm not giving him a whole lot of credit for that because he didn't understand at all. But, you know, like again, he could have appointed Ron Paul to be his Fed chairman, would have actually put the right people in there who knew what they were doing. It could have been a lot better. And by the way, it, you know, it's not even that crazy that he could have done that. He said nice things about Ron Paul. He had a relationship with Rand Paul. I mean, I, I, I understand maybe not Ron Paul, maybe just someone good, maybe not Jerome Powell, you know, like that, <laughs> that would have been reasonable. Um, and in terms of saying like, well, am I fixating on the bad things rather than the good things? I, I suppose to, to some degree, that's probably true. But you know, when your presidency ends in the year 2020, it's, you, you tend to look around at the disaster uh, that that has come from that. So uh, again, I, there are some good things. He absolutely sticks is 100% right. He deserves a lot of credit for negotiating uh, the, the deal to withdraw from Afghanistan. And yes, absolutely. Joe Biden uh, insisted on pushing the deal back, uh, then completely you know, blew the, the entire evacuation. And the only reason he did that is because he didn't want to leave on Trump's deal and he had to make it his own exactly. thing and completely fucked up that whole situation. So I agree with you on that. But it also should be pointed out that Donald Trump ran on ending the war in Afghanistan and he surged before he finally made this deal. And he also made the deal to happen in his second term which he was not sure that he was going to have, thus handing it over to the Democrats. He, th th so he, he first got rolled into escalating the war, finally did do the right thing there. I'll give him credit uh, for that. Okay. I, uh, sorry, <laughs> I, you guys, I felt like a spectator there. That was such an awesome back and forth. Um, let, me, let me thank our other sponsors since we have a, a natural break there. And that is our friends over at CrowdHealth. You may not know it or not, the, uh, the government and big insurance companies stand in between you and quality care. Your health is being bought and sold to the highest bidder. Politicians, hospitals, big pharma, and health insurance companies make huge profits at the expense of your health. What a perfect time to, to have this sponsor with all the COVID hysteria that happened last year. Uh, lobbyists are fighting to make sure they won't have competition and you won't have options. CrowdHealth's disruptive technology puts your healthcare decisions back in your hands, saving you money and cutting out the middlemen. It's not insurance. It's what insurance should be. CrowdHealth isn't health insurance. That's why it works. There are no deductibles, networks, complicated exclusions, or co-pays. You can see any doctor you want. You just pay the first $500 and submit any bills from there. The CrowdHealth community takes care of the rest. CrowdHealth is a new way to pay for healthcare. No doctor networks, no huge premiums, or high deductibles. No surprises. CrowdHealth is putting the community back in the community healthcare. Pay one low monthly total to fund your account. Less than $200 a month for most people. 100% of your monthly contributions directly fund and reduce the healthcare costs of the community. And unlike insurance, you're not limited by doctor networks. If you want to sign up, go to joincrowdhealth.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Right now, you can get your first six months for just $99. That's almost 50% off the normal price. Again, go to joincrowdhealth.com with the promo code LOCKDOWN. And since we were talking about Ron Paul, I want to Thank our other sponsor, which is Expat Money Summit. Many of you, I'm sure, have checked out Expat Money Show on YouTube. They're a great channel. Mikkel Thorpe's been on the show. They have an upcoming online multi-day seminar with over 30 experts that are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. It's free to attend. will cost you absolutely nothing. Go to expatmoneysummit.com. Reclaim your freedom from chaos and uncertainty. Topics will include how to secure your own plan B safe haven, how to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, and decentralized finance to safeguard your money, how to legally reduce your tax burden legally how and where to safely store gold, silver, and other precious metals. You'll also learn about a libertarian island haven, private cities, communities on the ocean, and food and energy independent towns in Latin America. And as I said, one of the most recent additions to the lineup is the great Ron Paul. Register now for free over at Expat 
moneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what is happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Again, register for free over at expatmoneysummit.com. And we're back with Dave and Sticks. I wanted to ask you guys about the the economic situation that we're in today because I think that the COVID response, as obviously there's serious diff- uh, differences of opinion as to how much culpability Trump bears for the COVID response as well as the lockdowns, I think what, what he should be held to account for is the fact that he both did not veto as well as uh, praised the biggest bailout package in history. Uh, we all know that the mon- money supply went up by $6 trillion o- over the his last year in office. Uh, I think it's the, the largest in history. Um, I'm curious as to what culpability he holds for the the COVID response as well as the uh, increase in money supply, as well as you know giving lip service to reducing uh, the Fed funds rate. Um, I'd say a lot. Um, uh, to, to go further than that, it's not only that he like he wasn't pushed or had his arm twisted into these spending packages. He bragged about them being the biggest in history and demonized people like Thomas Massey, who simply said, "Let's go through this and see what's in this bill before we sign on to this." Like, and and he t- got the full wrath of Trump. So not only was Trump not doing the right thing, he was sending his people to go. You know what I mean? Like demonize anyone who dared to question this. Yeah, look, there's there's no. Question question that this is a huge part of the reason why our economy is in such bad shape today. If you turns out if you lock down the economy and just print trillions of dollars and spend more than any government in human history has en- ended up spending, it has some negative consequences associated with it. One of it is uh, really risking the destruction of our currency. So, I mean, again, I, I like I, I think that probably means sticks generally agree that the big spending and the printing of, uh, of trillions of dollars is uh, had negative outcomes. And to the question of who is responsible for it, well, there's a whole lot to go around here. Obviously, the Fed has the ultimate responsibility on the money printing. And obviously, all of Congress also is responsible for these corporate giveaways. And obviously, the blue uh, and, and red Democrat and Republican governors who lock down have a responsibility. But of course, the president of the United States, who goes along with all of this stuff, bears a lot of it as well. Sticks, what do you think? I would say that if there were any way to cast off the current inflationary crisis as being predominantly Donald Trump's fault instead of predominantly Joe Biden's and the Fed's fiscal policies since then, um, wouldn't we expect to see a bunch of midterm campaign ads elucidating that basic point? The fact is this, Donald Trump's funny money spending uh, due to the lockdowns was problematic. There shouldn't have been any lockdowns anyway to for such a stimulation of the economy. I suppose it's basically pick your poison because the alternative is that the economy at least temporarily would have collapsed even further into disrepair. Um, however, I did oppose Trump's uh, Trump's bailouts. And I would like to point that out because Anomaly pretended that I didn't for some odd reason, and I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why. Um, yes, that is to be opposed because the lockdowns that caused that to be an option never should have happened in the first place. Again, not directly Trump's fault, directly the fault of multiple state governments. What I would say is that if we look at the multiple handouts that Biden has engineered, infrastructure bill, effectively Green New Deal now, although it hasn't fully passed yet, now we're looking at hundreds of billions more, possibly trillions for the student loan debacle, um, I think that the economy is is suffering more because of Bidenomics than because of anything that Trump did or even that the governors did during Trump's term. Of course, some of those lockdowns extended throughout the subsequent year, more or less. Biden, by the way, was actually on board with them. Um, I think he should get some culpability for that. The other thing is that under Donald Trump, because of his specific persona, and this has nothing to do with his policies, it only has to do with public perception, because of his persona as the billionaire businessman, the big Don, gold-plated everything, gold-plated toilet, gold-plated turd, people had higher consumer and business confidence. And so the economy was fundamentally strengthened. Also, you had a massive deregulation uh, deregulation uh, spur on when Donald Trump was president. I think it was, what did he command? It had to be five regulations had to be cut for every new regulation that was penned. And, and that seems to have been a thing for multiple years. You strengthened the Alt, alt, and, and the energy industry comes to mind as well. You strengthen the underpinnings of the economy. Temporarily, it was capable of weathering, therefore, 
the added inflation and the problems of lockdownism. We probably would have fallen into a depression if that strengthening hadn't happened. We've seen the decoupling of economic policy from the concept of strengthening it under Joe Biden. One of his first acts, of course, getting in there, attacking the energy industry, he hasn't stopped since. Trump never did these things. I think that the systemic strength that he added to the economy helped to compensate for things when they got bad under COVID. It didn't go far enough, but it did prevent us from at least falling into a depression. But I do, to be clear, long story short, yes, it was wrong for him to print all of that money up and he shares partial blame for it. That being said, it was prefaced upon lockdown related injury to the economy, which was not Trump's fault. Um, so I, well, I, I certainly uh, will agree and give uh, credit to Donald Trump. There was actually really meaningful uh, deregulation in the energy sector uh, early in his presidency. Uh, and um, the, the whole thing about having a, it, the law, well, I think, was you have to remove three regulations before you add one or whatever. That's kind of just like for show because that's one regulation can be so much more overbearing than three that weren't even being enforced that you removed. So that but there was some meaningful deregulation there. But again, when something like this comes up that Donald Trump did good. And by the way, all presidents have like some things that they did good. Um, you know, so when but when this comes up, I don't go, well, no, Trump doesn't get credit for that because that was really at the energy department. And so that was other officials who he appointed and what right? I just kind of give him credit because okay, he was the president overseeing this and that happened. But the same has to be true then for all of the, the bad things that he did. There has to be one standard either way across the board where yeah, we the standard either, is whether it was actually his policy, whether it was actually yes. him causing something to happen, like with Trump, you can't give him any pap for the lockdowns because he never instituted any lockdowns. But if you look at energy deregulation, he was directly involved. So okay, it's apples so, to oranges that you're drawing a false equivalency. No, that. I'm not. I'm not. At drawing, least in some situations. No, no, no. I'm not. But I'm not. But again, I never like argued that he's responsible for the the lockdowns that the that the governors implemented. I'm saying that his policies gave them cover. And for the same point, you can argue that the the big spending and the printing of money prevented a depression. Like if we had the lockdowns but didn't have the bailouts, how bad would things have been? And there, that's possible, but it's also possible that that would have been the pressure necessary to force the governors into relieving the lockdowns. In a sense, if you could just run a thought experiment in your mind, imagine in 1975, the COVID pandemic happens. Would we have lockdowns? No, there's no chance because we didn't have computers and the internet. And there's absolutely no way it could have even been done. There would be no possibility for them to do this. And likewise, could there, we have there were had mass quarantines during the Spanish American flu back at the dawn of the 20th century? Right. And we didn't see lockdowns in the way that we saw yeah, in we 2020. Did. Not like in 2020. Absolutely not. They yeah, didn't, the there were there were business. There were definitely business closures back during the Spanish flu era. Yes, there were business closures at, at, at certain points. But also, uh, well, look, we could also get into the Spanish flu versus COVID and stuff like that. Like if COVID really had a, a death rate like that and we really had 1918 uh, uh, medicine, um, then we we'd be in a much different situation and a lot of people would probably voluntarily um you know cl uh, not want to go and risk this but regardless of that it's quite possible that without these en uh, enormous bailouts there just wouldn't have been the public will against the lockdowns would have been increased so much that maybe they would have been overthrown either way i mean there's joe biden of course deserves a ton of criticism he's been horrible on every economic policy since he's gotten in but to yeah, even you said talk every about president does something good what's a what has biden done this good um, who? Okay, that's a little bit challenging. <laughs> See, oh, I he's not done you yet. there. Okay, six, yes. Six and hammer okay, wins. six. I'll give you. I'll, I will certainly give you that round. That may. Well, look, Joe Biden. Honestly, even though he completely blew the execution. He was getting a lot of pressure to completely throw the deal uh, in Afghanistan out the window and not end the war. So I will at least say it's better even blowing it. At least he did end the war rather than continuing it because there was a lot of pressure on him within the military to actually escalate the, the war at this point. So there's one kind of thing that he didn't execute well, but he kind of did good. Um, but look, when you talk about Trumponomics versus Bidenomics, it's really almost impossible to split the two. It's just no. a continuation. It's a continuation of the same. 2020 economics into Joe, uh, into Joe Biden's presidency is more of the same. Record high spending, incredible bailouts. Um, like it, it, this is this all happened under Trump, and it continues. And and I could argue in some cases is worse under Biden. But yeah, Donald Trump, you, you can't remove as as you didn't 
to your credit, but you can't remove the blame from him. And it had a huge impact on the destruction of our economy, on the inflation crisis that we're in today, that so much money was printed uh, and so many businesses were shut down. You, you just I, I think that uh, you just lost some people by saying that Bidenomics and Trumponomics are fundamentally similar, just to be clear. Well, uh, again, I'm right. again <laughs> at, at least with regards to meaningful industries, uh, I don't think that there's any comparison. Uh, Keystone didn't get nixed under Donald Trump, although Nord Stream got embargoed. I will note that as well. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he certainly had. Uh... Had some say in what's uh, transpiring in the Ukraine war, but Dave's already covered that. I, I want to go um, into, because we're getting short on time, I I'd like to talk about what you guys expect, because I think it, it seems quite evident that Trump intends to run again. Uh, I think that the we'll all agree that the deep state, whatever you want to call them, has no interest in that occurring, and they are doing everything in their power to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, I think the big question is, what can we expect from a Trump presidency, assuming that's allowed to happen, which I think we're all skeptical of? Uh, I'll start with Sticks. Why, why do you believe that that he can uh, succeed where perhaps he failed in the first presidency? Firstly, first because term. now he has experience. He had never had political experience prior and expecting him, therefore, to make perfect decisions with regards to who he puts around him, advisors, staff, etc., uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now he understands, I think, a little bit better how it will be uh, after his first round. Uh, and secondly, I think uh, one thing that we need to understand about Trump, and I've said this now since before he even won the primaries in 2015, Trump is a blind egotist. He's in this for the, for the power. He's, he's, he's only got one more thing he can accomplish in his life. He's been rich, he's been famous, He's been president, but he hasn't been a second term president, which is why I think that he'll run and work extremely hard to get it. But he doesn't want to be a failed president. He will pull out every stop, in my opinion, to try to shore things up as much as possible. And my hope and the real underpinning of a really successful second term for Trump would be go all in against censorship. I think we all agree on that and get a bunch of independent individuals, people who are completely without politics on board, at least as unofficial advisors. I think the three of us could probably advise Donald Trump better than most of the people that he picked in his first term. I give an extremely high chance he runs and a fairly high chance that he wins re-election because there's nothing that the American people would like better than a Grover Cleveland comeback kid style story. It's just like fucking pure Americana. I think that people would enjoy it and I certainly would. Not only for my own personal reasons, but my taxes. Yeah, it would enjoy a second round of Trump tax cuts. Just saying. Yeah, well, OK, yeah, I also would like lower taxes. Um, I think it's really hard uh, for me to make uh, predictions about this here because there's just so many factors uh, that are that are kind of in up in the air right now. So the the I, I just can't even imagine Joe Biden running again, although all signs seem to indicate that he is. But like I like physically, I can't imagine that he will not. He's deteriorating by the day. And then Kamala Harris running for president. Like I, I can't imagine that. But I also can't imagine how the Democrats can possibly throw her under the bus because she is it is her turn and first black you know, woman, all this stuff. Like, how would they even sell this? So there's a lot of questions in the uh, up in the air about who even the Democratic nominee would be. There's also a ton of questions up in the air about how committed this Justice Department is to railroading Donald Trump. I mean, if they really they went this far as to raid the home of a former president off what seems to be nothing so far. Look, there are so many goddamn laws on the books that Every former president has violated something that they can get him on. Every, in terms of like mishandling classified information, you could you could prosecute and convict any former president that you wanted to. They get him in front of a, an Obama-appointed judge in a court in Washington, D.C., where, what, 96% of the people literally think he's the devil? It's not beyond the realm of, of possibility to me that they actually end up, uh, you know, like prosecuting this guy. This is what they've been that what they've wanted to do since 2016. So uh, maybe even before. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot up in the air in terms of what could we expect, say Donald Trump were to run and were to win, certainly not outside the realm of possibility. Can we expect him to really be good this time and to not be terrible in all the ways that I've kind of laid out over this hour? Um, I don't know. Maybe it would start if we ever heard him say the right thing. 
Like if he if he ever came out once and go, went, you know, my real mistake is that I appointed all of these swamp creatures, but the next time I'm in there, I'm not going to appoint any of these guys. You know, the next time I'm in there, I'm going to work to abolish the FBI or greatly reduce its power because it's just too out of control. The, the I next believe time he I'm, has alluded to that, actually. Well, OK, I mean, I'd, I'd like to hear him like actually say that and run on it like, OK, maybe things like this, maybe at least would be an indication. The truth is that historically presidents have always been much worse in their second terms than they are in their first terms. I don't really see a lot of reason to believe that Donald Trump, that this time he will really drain the swamp when he gets in there. Obviously, like at, at, I think what what means sticks and I think probably almost everyone listening here would have to agree on is that the swamp wasn't drained. Now, whether that's Donald Trump's fault or not, it just, it, DC is swampier than it's ever been. Um, do I really have uh, high hopes that this next time he gets in there, that he's going to effectively uh, uh, drain the swamp? Uh, I just don't see any reason to believe it would happen. Okay. Well, let's, uh, oh, let me remind everybody that's listening. we got like 3,000 people that have watched so far live. I'm sure tens of thousands will watch after this. Please hit subscribe, hit like, leave a comment, help with the algos. Uh, make sure you, I have links for both these guys' channels uh, in the description so you guys can go over there and, and subscribe to their shows. They're both phenomenal. Um, let's let's go with some closing commentary. Sticks, you can go first. Yeah, I would just say in closing, first and foremost to Dave, uh, this has been a really a good debate. Uh, I, I applaud you. It hasn't gotten dirty or anything like that, which can happen in debates. And I think that you're a great content creator. I like your stuff. I like the cut of your jib. Uh, I would say, <laughs> however, um, I do disagree with you still on Trump. You have not convinced me that Orange Man shouldn't be reelected. <laughs> I think my, my closing, if I could give one reason to reelect Trump, just imagine the outcry and the reaction from literally everyone that we probably all three of us fucking hate. The neocons, the neolibs, the leftoids, the entire plethora of them will have the greatest mental breakdown of all of human history. We need that. As Sargon has said, it must be Trump. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let me, I'll, I'll close by uh, just, uh, uh, you know, a, a very similar sentiment. I, I really enjoy your content and I, I appreciate the conversation. I think this was a good debate. I'm also not convinced, but, you know, like this, this was fun. I think probably any one of these topics that we've kind of covered so many of, we could do an hour conversation yeah. on, on any one of them and kind of get more in, in depth on this stuff. I uh, also will agree that there's no question the show would be fun. If Donald Trump were, were to run again, and yeah, he sure does piss off all of the uh, the right people. But of course, th that also comes with a price tag. And, you know, the price tag, and again, I'm not to the, as I said in the beginning of the debate, I'm not blaming Donald Trump for the left-wing reaction to him. I'm just saying from our perspective, that is a cost associated with Donald Trump running, that the left becomes even more insane and radicalized than they are. And I just want to get something for that. Look, the real problem, the tragedy of the rise of Donald Trump was that of course, he was the one guy who was like rich enough and brash enough and famous enough and just prepared enough to be in the spotlight that he was the guy who could destroy the Bushes and the Clintons and drive the whole corporate press you know, crazy. In this moment that was so needed in the United States of, of America, a repudiation on all of the ruling elite that have ruined the 21st century with nothing but just a, a disastrous wars, destroying the economy, the worst financial crisis in 100 years, you know, like all of the disaster that the Americans have been handed. But the tragedy is that America needed Ron Paul, and instead we got Donald Trump, who's basically Rudy Giuliani, who's basically the guy who Ron Paul's whole revolution was started by clowning because he didn't know anything about any of this stuff or what needed to be done. You know, Donald Trump came out against critical race theory in like, I think it was in October of 2020 because he was watching Tucker Carlson and saw someone talking about critical race theory and went, I don't like that. That sucks. <laughs> I'm going to get that out of the military. And I just think that we need someone who actually, you know, might go in there with a plan <laughs> uh, on day one and not learn it from from Donald Trump. We need Ron Paul, not Rudy Giuliani. Uh, and I'll uh, I, again, thanks to, to both you guys for for hosting this uh, or for being here. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it from both you guys. Uh, I knew I, I've seen both of you debate so many times. This is the first time where I was like, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to this is going to fall, because uh, which is why I was so thrilled to have you guys match up. I respect you both very very much and uh, and i think you guys both make compelling cases on on both sides of this coin so we'll let the 
we'll let the audience decide. And obviously, we'll probably have a vote where a lot of people get to decide here in the not too distant future. Um, so thank you guys again. Uh, by the way, I am on just to show my bias. I am on part of the problem that episode's dropping uh, later today. So make sure you guys check that out. I bought break. off the judge with a podcast <laughs> appearance before the show. <laughs> and and by the way, just to show our uh, our nonpartisanship, we we go through Biden's speech from hell, where he tries to unify unify us through division. Uh, so you guys will very much enjoy that. We're all together and hating Biden. Yes, that, on that we can agree. We can come together as a vet. He is a unifier in a roundabout <laughs> way. Exactly. There is unity and division, I guess. Um, so thank you guys so much for, for joining us. Uh, I will, uh, I'll pop you guys out, just give a, a couple closing comments, but thank you guys for joining me. Peace out. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just wanted to thank uh, our guys over at careerhackers.com. They have been with me for over a year my longest sponsor we're done no more they're they're moving on uh but i just wanted to thank them for being a continued supporter it's it's helped get this show off the ground and we're now doing you know 10 to twenty thousand listeners per episode it it means the world to me that so many of you have tuned in and continue to support my work if you'd like to do so you can pick up a liberty lockdown shirt over at toplobster.com or you can go to libertylockdown.locals.com and sign up to become a supporting member of the show. Obviously, sometimes I do debates like this. Usually I do uh, guest shows, more of a Joe Rogan-style long-form interview. And uh, sometimes I just do solo rants where I flip the fuck out because our world is melting down. <laughs> and I think we can all admit that of, of whatever partisan nature we are. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. means the world to me that you guys gave us an hour of your time, and I hope it was valuable. I think it was amazing. I enjoyed it probably as much as anybody. Well, that was awesome, wasn't it? Holy crap. Uh, I really I really respect both these guys. I think they both make compelling arguments. I'm being totally honest. We all know my bias here. Dave's my guy, and I am not a fan of Trump. So, <laughs> you know, that, that was obvious. Uh, I tried to make my biases known throughout so that uh, people didn't feel as if I was, you know, being duplicitous and not, not being upfront about how I feel about these things. But I do think that there is uh, a lot of justification to some of his failings. I think that it's just a matter of, do we give him a pass for those failings? And I think that, you know, Styx is willing to overlook more of them than Dave is. And I think that's a fair position, too. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily uh, a right or wrong here. And that's why I wanted to have the debate and why I wanted these two guys to do it. Because I don't think anybody could do it better, honestly. Uh, the only my only issue with this is that it should have been two hours. <laughs> we we really a topic of this you know magnitude really requires a little bit more in depth. Unfortunately, Sticks had a hard out. Uh, he's over in Europe, so it's uh, we had to do it early in the morning. But it is what it is. I think that the the hour itself gives you enough of the case on both sides that hopefully it'll help you guys in making your decision ultimately because. We're all free thinkers here. We all come to our own conclusions. Anyways, I want to thank you guys again for being a supporter of Liberty Lockdown, listening, sharing the show. Uh, best way to help right now would be to share this episode. You know, this both these guys are huge in uh, in the political commentary sphere, and I think that uh, that people will. I mean, we already have in the first hour we had like five thousand people view it on YouTube. It's going to be almost certainly the biggest episode I've ever done. And uh, if you can share it around, that'll that'll help. And if you're a, a first-time listener, because you're just like, hey, what's this Dave and Sticks guy? Oh, there's this, this moderator. He's he makes some good points. Well, then you should you should subscribe. You should. So do that. The next best way to support the show is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening, but uh, in particular on Apple Podcasts because it helps with the algorithms over there. Uh, as you guys know, I read out the five-star re reviews that I receive uh, just because I want to give you guys an opportunity to let people know about, you know, if you have anything to follow or whatever, but also just uh, so you can hear what people are thinking about the show. Big GN says top tier on par with Dave Smith's part of the problem. Well, that is very high praise. The best guests one could have for li Liberty enthusiasts, Andrew Napolitano, Scott Horton, Jason Burmis, etc. Incredible interview style, informative, objective, I've honestly listened to JRE a lot less since discovering POTP and Liberty Lockdown. Wow. Thank you. 
If you find this content refreshing, check out The Last American Vagabond, The Corbett Report, Grand Theft World, The Propaganda Report, Union of the Unwanted. I completely agree. Those are all terrific shows. Next one, five stars. It's AME. Says, my new fave. Clint's ability to give factual information wrapped up in with some humor is refreshing. Open-minded, willing to speak with anyone from any side and point of view. Brutal honesty about what he sees going on makes his podcast must-listen and stuff. Do it, do it. Well, thank you. It's AME. You guys are... You guys, uh, you're gonna give me an ego at some point. It hasn't happened yet. I want. I'm very, I'm very humble uh, with the fact that all these people are listening and and sharing the show. Uh, but you got You can't be that flattering. This is too much. Anyways, thank you guys again. Uh, if you want to support my work, go over to libertylockdown.locals.com. I will be doing an AMA next week where you can actually come in on stream with me. All you have to do is become a supporting member of the of the show, and you can join me on stream. We can talk about whatever you want. We always have a good turnout for those, and it's a ton of fun to get to to meet the nameless, faceless audience that listens and uh, and get to know you guys a little bit better. So, again, libertylockdown.locals.com. Love you all so very much. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I cannot believe what's happening. <laughs> like, I, I, I wake up every day, I launch out of bed, I love what I do, and it's all because of you. Truly. Could not do it without you guys, and... Uh, I've never been more, more fulfilled in my life, and I don't know, just I feel indebted. So, thank you. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood, lefties lyrical feminine A typo and Luke might bring them nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm a shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with a fire I spit Friends against government, just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic a rip of 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king get them off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus is scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this don't get treated like a hoe